Welcome to the Occult London podcast. This is a new podcast dedicated to exploring magic, mysticism, the Kabbalah, as well as other topics. If you like the podcast, please write us a review and rate us on iTunes. It'll really help us to get this message out there. Also, be sure to visit our website at occultlondon.co.uk where you can subscribe to the show. If anyone has any questions for me, I'd love to hear from them. So please reach out via Facebook or an email as I'd love to answer your questions. You can find my Facebook on the show notes. You can also find Twitter and alternatively email me at occultlondonpodcast at gmail.com. Hope you enjoy it. In today's episode, it's the start of a new series focusing on magical rites. And I wanted to introduce this new series uh, talking a little bit about banishing uh, invocation and evocation within a ceremonial magic and also the Western mystery tradition. So let's have let's begin. Um, so ritually cleansing a sacred space before one uses it is is really considered in most magical traditions to be very important. Um, there are lots of different ways in which we cleanse an area, some of which we've already covered in our um, episode on the use of incense. Um, so things like smudging. We also have asperging, which is use of holy water, um, incense, salt, sweeping uh, to get an an area clean um and it's really about sort of um defining a a a sacred enclosure is how i'd probably like to describe it so marking it out as being separate from our normal waking day and really dedicated to those sort of divine powers and Consecrated thus through the use of salt and water, incense, etc. As well as cleansing the space physically using different tools, um, there are also uh, different rituals used often within Western ceremonial uh, magic traditions to both banish the space and then also call forth, um, so invoke or evoke spiritual forces. So in this episode, I just wanted to quickly kind of uh, do an introduction on sort of banishing and invoking and some of the key techniques one would use to do this. Uh, We won't be doing any kind of practical work because obviously this is a podcast, so it's more kind of talking around the why and why we do certain things and, you know, the origins of certain things. Um, There's plenty of books out there on the internet um and there's also a book list which I'm, i've recommended at the end of this episode which um has has some of the more practical work in it if people want to kind of take this further um so yeah so in terms of the in terms of the actual the way it works um you know as we've discussed in a previous episode the work of the magician is similar to an electrician in terms of we need to be able to turn the power on and off when needed. And this is very closely related to the concept of as above, so below. The magician, uh, and I use the magician term um, in a, although I know there's often a reference to it as being a masculine word, uh, I am meaning it's, you know, masculine or feminine. Both can be a magician. So the magician acts as a psychopomp between the worlds, so he needs to be able to function fully in both. We turn the power on and off through the use of banishing and invoking or evoking. 
So to banish is, is something is to send it away, send away the energy and clear a space in order that something else can fill it. And this is, yeah, this is vitally important um, part of the foundations of really kind of learning uh, ritual and helping also to balance ourselves out as individuals because that is one of the main things of the great work is to heal thyself physician heal thyself and also know thyself and this is something um greer talks about in his circles of power book which is really worth checking out if you haven't already and i quote very little experience with magic will show that the states of awareness that bring insight and power in magic are not necessarily the same ones that allow one to pay one's bills or drive a car safely. On a deeper level, there are realms of consciousness reachable by magic that border very closely on madness. And at times, it's only the ability to enter and leave these realms at will that distinguishes the magician from the lunatic. And that's quite key point, he says, this um, ability to enter and leave at will that distinguishes the magician from the lunatic. So as magicians, we want to be completely in control of our ability to transform our consciousness at will. Remember what magic is. Magic is the art and science of causing changes in consciousness in accordance with will. So that is our willpower to change our consciousness and go into a different state of consciousness, learn something, and then come back. There's different ways to open and close the switches of magical power, and it's these which we will be kind of discussing in upcoming episodes. Many of the techniques I'll be talking about have been are techniques that were sort of developed by the Golden Dawn. Um, so it's things like the Lesser Banishing Ritual of the Pentagram, Lesser Banishing Ritual of the Hexagram, um, Greater Banishing Ritual of the Hex, the Pentagram, Greater Invoking Ritual of the Pentagram. You've got the things like the Star Ruby as well and the Ritual of the Rosy Cross. They're really beautiful rituals and they incorporate many different symbols. We've got God names, we've got Archangelic forms, all of which have a very powerful effect on the operator. And they're also very simple things you can do and, you know, you can practice them every day and they have very big impact on your life. Um, opening and closing rituals are probably also one of the most important things about performing any form of kind of ceremonial ritual magic. If we don't open the temple correctly, you will not always get the full influx of power needed. And also if you don't close it, you'll often get different phenomena. So you get weird things happening sometimes. Um, if you get distracted, you know, it can can even lead to things like poltergeist phenomena, but, um, you know, noises, uh, particularly one that seems to happen to a lot of magicians is they start losing stuff. So, you you know, your, your car keys or your wallet mysteriously vanish and, um, you know, you spend hours and hours looking around and it's it's kind of under the sofa or something like that. So that's uh, that seems to be something that happens quite a lot if you don't properly close down it. It's something happens in terms of let's fuck with the the uh let's fuck with the magician's possessions <laughs> um and yeah it's not really a, that's not necessarily a bad thing but it, it is generally a, an indicator that there's energy trying to find a way to, to kind of disperse 
In terms of the ritual structures, um, majority of rites are divided into three parts. You'd have an opening, a closing, and then a bit in the middle, which is kind of the crux of the whole thing. Um, the opening normally would invite certain powers into the quarters as allies or friends to assist the magician. Um, and we can normally break it down into sort of three categories or goals within sort of these these rites, which is really kind of have the aim of giving the, abil the ability of the magician to control the power and also bring in more power and then disperse the power. And it's very important to kind of consider that from that point of view. And that's what Greer describes as the ability to raise power develops at roughly the same rate as the ability to control it. So the three, we'll be talking about these in, in further um, episodes. The three main things are um, obviously banishing. So when we banish, we send away um, the majority of materials, you know, they have banishing at the beginning and the end to ensure that the powers are at rest. And so the the structure would be normally kind of banishing invocation and then banishing. Some traditions don't do a banishing at the end because... Um, they feel that you know any kind of positive influences that you've brought in through a ceremony would potentially be sent away again. Um, likewise, some traditions don't do banishing at the beginning because if you are using a fully consecrated temple, um, you know you you wouldn't necessarily want to do something like the lesser banishing, which is the pentagram, because it would essentially be the equivalent of putting you know very strong bleach everywhere. Um, so. And it kills off good things and bad things at the same time, which can be very useful. But um, you might want to use something slightly different in that that scenario. Um, Nima, who wrote a really good book called *The Way of Mystery*, um, wrote a really put it really nicely with banishing. So I wanted to just quote from her here: "The purpose of a banishing is to clear an area from psychic and spiritual interferences." This interference can resemble static in radio or television reception in that it randomises information, rendering it meaningless. It can feel like the aura of a person or non-material entity that is observing and observing, opposing your spiritual work, similar to the sensation of being stared at in public. The interference might take the form of stress and tension from a difficult day, of negative mood, or of memories of rudeness, spite, or general malice flung upon you unjustly. So that's really interesting. She's talking about it being, um, and this is definitely very true from my experience, is it doesn't just banish things in your immediate, from a spiritual point of view, it actually does clear your mood. So you feel suddenly very good when you've done it. So that's banishing, and we'll be going into that in more detail in a further episode. Um, the next one is invoking, which normally kind of follows on from banishing. Uh, the word invoke comes from the Latin, call in, and that is what we do in an invocation. So we call a specific energy into manifestation with the self. Um, there's also uh, another thing called evoking, which is calling forth. And this is very much connected with calling forth a specific energy into appearance outside of the self. So an example of this would be the evocation of archangels in the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram. 
And this is something John Michael Greer writes about, and I quote again. It's been said that a magician invokes God, all the gods, and evokes spirits. While this doesn't do justice to the full potential of either concept, the basic idea is sound. More broadly, what you evoke, you perceive. But what you invoke, you become. So, yeah, what he's saying about is... um, when you invoke, you bring something into ourselves and evoke is very much, um, you know, if you look at the traditional kind of grimoire traditions, you'd have things like the the triangle of manifestation where you evoke a spirit into appearance. Or it could also be a crystal ball or something like that in a kind of scrying sense. So, so yeah, but anyway, we'll be talking about that in a bit more detail in a further episode. Um the important thing with all these things is, you know, they need to be practiced, um, ideally on a kind of, you know, daily basis or, or regularly. It's only when you really start to understand and start to practice these things that you'll start to integrate them and you'll start to really get the benefits. So particularly with um, things like the Lesser Banishing Ritual of the Pentagram, if you're reading that out and you don't know it off by heart, then you definitely won't have the same effects as if you know that by heart and you can do it and you will get to a point when you do these a lot is that you can actually do them in um in an astral in the astral plane um you can also visualize yourself doing it as well um so it can really help with with things like that inner work um lucid dreaming etc magic will give you back what you put into it um but it does bring in, you know, a lot of changes into your life. And obviously with power comes great responsibility. And, you know, the important thing is that we seek to live in a balanced environment, healthy, happy, and helping everyone else around us. Um, you know, it's a good, good idea to sort of bring these powers through. That's all we've got time for today. I hope everyone's enjoyed it. If you have any questions, then please reach out via Facebook or an email. Uh, I'd love to answer your questions. Uh, the email is ocotlondonpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also uh, contact me on Twitter as well, so I'll add that to the show notes. Um, we want to develop this further, so if you can leave us a review, that would be great, so more people can see it and hope to get some value from it. And also, please check out the website, uh, ocotlondon.co.uk. See you all soon. Bye-bye.